podcast where we are live on the rec yard every Wednesday night. Hey, hey, everybody. It is Wednesday night and we are live on the rec yard women's prison podcast. I'm Marcy Marie. I'm Tunchi. Hey, Tooch, you just you just snuck on in 30 seconds before the show started, so it's really nice to see you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. I did. I was so, uh, messaging Diane, actually, and then realized it was time to go. <laughs> well, at least last time you were in a meeting, you were just... You were just chilling, visiting with your friend on yeah. <laughs> text message. Living my best life. And I said, oh. And she asked me, are you getting ready for the live? Yeah. Well, way to go, Diane. Thank you, Diane. Uh, <laughs> Tunchi's BFF from Mountain View Unit, Texas Prison System. Thank you for uh, paying attention to when showtime <laughs> starts and having everybody corralled. We see you guys in the chat. I see Department of Corruption stories. I see um, you're already reminding me to remind you folks to hit that thumbs up button, that heart button. Please like and share the live comment and all that good stuff. That just helps our podcast reach an even broader audience. And we appreciate that so much. <laughs> uh, and I see Laura here. Welcome in, everyone. Glad to see you. Oh, and Mama's here too on her Mama's own here. YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> on her own. We know we know it's her for sure. Yeah, yeah. So we are talking about the way that incarcerated women take care of themselves. How do they practice self-care in the penitentiary? It's going to be a good one. It'll be interesting. I, th I feel it, like people really enjoy hearing how we lived our day-to-day -day lives. And and people always want to know that. They always want to know the hacks. They want to know how we made eyeliner out of a matte pencil and <laughs> all that good mascara out of toothpaste and all that good stuff. Yeah, the, and other things. Yes, and other things. I we did, we have a special guest who's going to pop on here a little bit later. Um, Chanel Jones. If you did time in Texas, you might know her as Peaches. Uh, she is also a regional director for Lioness Justice Impacted Women's Alliance, and we've invited her on tonight to talk about. Uh, we're talking about self care and the way that women take care of themselves. And when we talk about that, we can't not talk about the obvious racial disparities that kind of fit into that, what the prison system offers as far as uh, hair care and frankly, skin care. Uh, I want to bring up a sunblock situation also uh, based on your race. And so she's going to come on and help talk about that. That's one of uh, Linus. That's one of uh, our priorities is to address that and get something changed with that area. So we're going to be talking about that a little later also. Toonch, now you, you didn't wear much makeup in the penitentiary. I didn't. I didn't. You don't wear a whole lot of makeup now. Well, depends on what the event is. Are you, I want to ask something. Go Are for you going to do the weekly update? Oh, I should do that. That's a great question. And it's, and it's a really good time for that. <laughs> hey, Tucci, let's do a weekly recap. <laughs> you want to talk, you have something in your, you have something to think about. Well, I just wanted to update everybody about my shoulder. Oh my gosh. Tunji, did you have me hit the recap button? The wine no, about your shoulder? Not just that. Not just okay. that. Um, oh shit. Sorry. It hurts, man. It hurts. It I don't know. Hurt like that? Yes. It is like someone is shocking me with a cattle prod. Um, and I don't know how. Like I don't it just today it's been less angry. Um, but it, it has moments to where, I don't know if it's bone spurs. I don't know if it's something torn. It doesn't feel like my joint, but remember last week, everybody remembers that I looked very ash in my face. I looked very crazy. 
Um, and that was because my shoulder was hurting bad. It was hurting bad yesterday. Like I said, it's been a little bit better. If you see me rubbing it through the show. I, I'm sorry that I'm sorry that's happened Toonch. What else did you want to update us about? <laughs> I love the care and the, the nurturing <laughs> I, I receive in this space. It's really, um, it's really special. <laughs> no, I, I and can just imagine someone like driving in their car and they're like, Oh, another episode of, uh, on the rec yards on. And then they hear you go on and on about your shoulder. And like, as it enters into about the fourth minute, they're like, eh, I think I'll listen to uh, something else. That's I'm trying to encourage people to stay tuned in Toonch. I but do I care. feel like, I feel like people who connect to us, and feel like they know us personally. They feel personally invested the same way I do with my favorite TikTokers. I feel invested. And when they start rambling on about mundane stuff, I'm, it's so captivating. So I do want to say that. Now, I will say last week I was at the conference in Harris County talking about youth justice and uh, my lived experience. And it was a lot, Marcy. I also, me and Mandy, went... Um, to uh, may, had an appointment with the Sunset Commission yesterday and spent an hour and a half talking to them about the problems we experienced in the prison system and the ways that we think that it would work better. Um, so that's what I've been up to. Well, that was very productive for yes. for someone walking around <laughs> as severely arm. injured <laughs> as you are. I'm I'm really impressed that you were able to still be so productive. So. What did I do this week? Here we go. <laughs> I don't even know. Nothing. God. Holy cow. I've been running changed. around with one arm. One arm. Let me tell you something, Toonch. I That's have it. changed 255 diapers since we last spoke on the rec yard. So you better cut me some slack. Hey, I changed my own with one arm. <laughs> yes, you did. Hey, uh... And Laurie Mellinger is reminding you about Mean Girls. I thought I talked about Mean Girls. I didn't. I don't think so. Jesus, Chris. If I didn't, I'm dead now. <laughs> no, please. I, I must since it was brought up. And people will see the Mean Girl blanket in the background that Alexa uh, got me for Christmas. Me and Lori did go see Mean Girls. And for anybody that's hating on the movie, it, there's something wrong with y'all. Okay? Because... It is based on the Broadway musical. However, it's still a movie musical. It was phenomenal. It was funny. Renee Rapp is a, a gorgeous queen. I loved it. I loved it so much. Lori loved it. And then we went to Trader Joe's and got buckets of chocolate cups. So it was just an overall wonderful experience. <laughs> Well, it sounds like a great night. And I saw the pictures. I loved it. It sounds like a good time. I'm happy for it, here for it. Uh, is that, that's not a Taylor Swift. Oh, it is uh, a Taylor it, Swift cup. It's bootleg because oh. it was sold at the horror movie convention when me and Mandy went. And I know it's not licensed merchandise and I'm sorry, Taylor, but that lady gets a lot of my money as it is. So let the small businesses make it. <laughs> God, she I'm does sorry. Indeed. If she tells me to throw it away, I will. If if Taylor Swift writes you or calls your cell phone, emails, shows up at your door and says, throw that cup out. I'm taking you to court. I, 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 will. I will. You've got to do it. Uh, gosh. And they're just loving on your hoodie and everything else. And I this community loves us. And if I talk about my shoulder for 20 minutes, they're here for it because they, they're sending all the energy. And I feel it. Eric, if you would like to share the live and you're watching us on Facebook, you actually have to wait till the live ends. So after the live ends, you'll be able to hit that share button just like you would a Facebook video, reel, or post. So thanks for asking that. I appreciate y'all. If you're watching on other platforms, you can share it right now and we would appreciate that very, very much. Um, and... <laughs> You're getting love in the chat, Toonch, and it's just driving me completely I know, batty. It's about driving your you shoulders. mad. And I, I bet Lori watching right now 
it's driving her mad because she says, you know, I need to keep my ego underinflated. Um, but I just, I've been so, you know, malnourished with no love for a long time in my life. And I just really, I just soak it up when, when it, it comes my way, Marcy. <laughs> Miss, Miss Kerr. <laughs> Her shoulder has been hurt for a while, and we don't know why. I kind of think it might be in her mind. Could Ooh, it be? Boy, <laughs> sound like a TDCJ PA. No, if Loose I was a TDC, That's if I worked at the TDCJ facility and you came in with this shoulder problem, I would give you a little packet of non-aspirin and tell you to drink lots of water. <sighs> It's right there. It's, you know what it is? It's um the little, I won't, I won't, Marcy. You're like, if you don't, let's move on. So you did, you did, you changed diapers. You, you chased That's children all. around, you cooked dinner. You did all the things though. I, I did. I hope that I make it through this broadcast with what's going on in the in the background of my home studio. <laughs> Honestly, uh, yeah, but that's what we've been doing. Um, they, uh, it, it's it's just that same. It's it's just the same thing. We're hoping mom gets healthy, and we're we're just rocking and rolling, and, and it's okay. It's gonna yeah. be okay. It's gonna be okay. So, yeah, absolutely. So uh, let's get into it. Let's get into the show. We were talking about if you wore makeup in prison, Toonch. Mm, we're going to circle back to that as me and Lori say, circle back to the creamer. Uh, there's a whole story to that, but I won't. I'll tell you all some other time. I did not wear makeup in prison. Now, when I was younger, when I was about 18 or 19, I think I did a little bit like for visits, my hair was longer and I presented a little bit more feminine. Um, but I'm going to tell you what my problem always was with makeup was I forget it's there and I rub my face and I do stuff and I don't have like this big aversion to makeup. It just seems more trouble than it's worth. <laughs> and so um, that's why I just never have been a big fan of makeup. I, I put on a little now like so to cover the bags under my eyes, if I'm going to a legislator's office or something, but pretty much that's it. So in prison, you didn't have to worry about buying those uh, $9 tubes of Avon mascara. Do you hear this baby in the background that was sound asleep when I started this? Baby's like, I'm on the show tonight. Right. Um, Let me, let's do something. Let me okay. play this video Okay. Uh, because I will say I found the most creative jailhouse makeup hack I have ever seen. And it is prison eyelashes. We don't have to watch the whole thing, but I want you to see, have you've never heard of it, huh, Toonch? Mm -mm. Hey y'all, I'm Taylor and I'm going to show y'all how to make some lashes with a benet. What I would like to call prison lashes. <laughs> okay. So first y'all, first you're going to need the star of the show, the benet. Okay, so if I can get this open, so you're gonna need a benet, a piece of hair. This is a braided piece of hair. I still got a bow on it, so you know it's been used. Not nothing new. Um, something to cut it with. You can use this or in the free world, scissors. Uh, a marker, a toothbrush, or a comb or spoon or something like that. I use a fork, so. Get the braiding hair. You want to unravel it. You're going to be looking for that curl part. That part that go like, you know, you want that pattern. Because that's going to, what's going to make the lashes bend. So you want to make sure it's a braided piece of hair. Okay. I'm going to start off by just cutting that. Okay. So, you can start off with a little piece. But I think this is like good. So once you cut it, you're going to now open your band-aid. Okay. So then once you open the band-aid, we're going to do one side because this thing gets so sticky that it'll be sticking to everything. So one side, okay? Just like a twist and you're going to pinch it to the paper. Just like that. Like this. Can y'all see that? I'm going to fast forward just a little bit You twist it and because what she's done y'all is she has cut a piece. She has braided her hair and cut 
a little piece, the part how when you braid your hair and it dries and it has that little curl, and she's cut that off and taped it to the side of a Band-Aid. But y'all aren't going to believe that it works because I didn't either. But I'm going to fast forward so you guys don't have to see. Like she tapes it and then she combs it out with a toothbrush or a plastic fork. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to fast forward a little. It look when I put this eyelash on, okay? So I'm going to take this. Look, this is my regular eyelash. She the Band-Aid. She trimmed the band-aid to a really thin strip. And it's very sticky from the sticky stuff on the band-aid. So you don't need no type of glue. Y'all. <laughs> Look at those lashes. So yeah, this is the lash I brought from the hair store. See. And this is the lash I made. Can you stinking believe that? That video got 9 million views God. and rightfully so. Like that when s s tons of people tagged me in that video because I do do a lot of makeup hacks and, and that kind of stuff. And man, when I saw that, I was like, oh, this is baloney. It's, it's, it's not true. This lady. She did so, why do you think she went through all that trouble to, to worry about what her eyelashes looked like in the penitentiary? Well, because, you know, there were so few things that we had control over. And in order to feel normal and to feel, to fight depression is we dressed up and we did our hair and we, we did those things. Right. And it, it was to, feel normal and it was to feel good about ourselves. You'll do anything. Yeah. I, I caught a lot of slack from even prison staff, uh, about trying to look my best so that I would feel my best because it's not that easy to feel good about yourself walking around, um, already incarcerated, you're dealing with the emotional stress of that, the shame, the guilt, and everything that comes with being locked up. And then you're thrown in this filthy environment with no color, and you're wearing um, state-issued clothes that are ill-fitting and <laughs> all of that. But I remember one time I had pressed my uniform and some, somebody officer said something to me and one of the sergeants, Sergeant Ruiz, who passed away since I've been home and, and he was, he was a good guy, but he, um, he said, why do you care? Those are prison clothes. Like those are the, those are state clothes. And his uniform was pressed. And I just looked at him and I said, that, that is also, sir, <laughs> that's also state clothes. Yeah. Well, I, and it's, uh, I love um, Carrie's, uh, uh, Carrie's uh, comment there. And she said the guard, um, the guards always said that Main Street wasn't a runway. And it was something that would infuriate them. I, and I don't know how that played out on the men's unit, but for us, it was another one of those petty um, over-policing, just crazy, like, just the, well, I go, I think it goes to the obsession with the female body, like period. Just there is an absolute obsession with our sexuality and our body. And so like the laundry, if you go, so you have to turn, especially if you're on a unit where laundry is mandatory, you got to turn a set of clothes in. Well, you, you keep a set and you're not supposed to, but you keep that set and you keep it by wearing it when you go turn your clothes and then you get back to the dorm and you change into the grungy set. And you know, the laundry bosses were some of the meanest women on the unit. And they would see you in these, you know, you have a laundry friend that kind of makes sure that you get this set. You, you find a way to get this set. And often it, it doesn't have to be against the rules. You just happen upon a great set. It's clean. It's white. It's easy to press. And Marcy will tell you how to press your clothes. You've probably seen some of her TikToks. Um, and those laundry bosses would make you come in here and take that off. And it's like for no reason. It's not against the rules. 
Um, come in here and take that off just because you looked clean and, and decent. And you wanted that for your visits and you wanted that to feel normal. And I think we'll touch a little bit on how the status of what you look like and what you're wearing is no different for girls like the way that we were in high school. Like there, that's real status. And speaking of mean girls, um, there is some, some really some truth about, you know, status in terms of what you look like. Oh, for sure. Status in what shoes you are wearing. If you're wearing commissary purchased shoes or state issued shoes, status on how old those shoes are. And yes, status if you had that crisp white set that you probably had to pay for, you probably had to buy it. I will say when I started my time, um, the Plain State unit gave everybody coming in a brand new set. It was so odd. Like that's just, that's just how they did it. And then um, they gave a brand new set and then made the rule that you couldn't wash it. <laughs> like it was just so, <laughs> but that was the first place that I saw people um, pressing their clothes and they used a ton of baby powder to starch Ugh. it. Yeah. They, Ugh. that's how they were on the stainless steel tabletop, a bunch of water, but they also put just pressed tons of baby powder into that mm. set. Uh, I got, Hey, Tunch, I see uh, Chanel has popped on. <laughs> I'm, and I told her, even if we're not to that topic yet, to hop on because she did several years and has lots of insight and um, she can help me stay on mute with this little guy. <laughs> <laughs> Chanel, welcome. Hey, how are y'all? Good. Good. Well, where's, where's your baby cub? We've got, we've got another little cub here. Oh, she's asleep. Yeah. No, she's not asleep. She is <laughs> not asleep. Downstairs chasing dogs. Oh, <laughs> I love it. Well, we were just talking about the way that women try the things that they do to make them feel better, the self-care that they do in the penitentiary and, and how it drove prison staff crazy to see us taking care of ourselves in that way. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I can say I had several cases for either free world makeup or altered clothes. Well, Peaches, yeah. what tell everybody what altered uniforms are? Like how did how did we alter um our clothes? Okay, so basically we would get the string out of a towel. Um that's what I use. I would take string, I would get everybody's towels and take all the string out of the towels. And I would get a needle that was either taken out of laundry or somehow smuggled into the unit. Um, and that was my little side hustle. And I would just, I would cut the clothes and fit them to my body, fit them to other people's body, how they wanted to be, how they wanted it fit and sew it up and, Get a case <laughs> <laughs> and sew yes. yourself up with a case. But I mean, so you were you were a tailor. I mean, like yeah. that was your hustle. Like, um, and people would, you know, pay you to to alter their set. And now this is when them laundry people tell you to go in there and take them clothes off, and they would look to see if they were altered. And so, yep. like, tell people how they were able to tell if those clothes were altered. Um. You can just tell by the stitch. Honestly, you can look at the stitch and tell if they're altered, they weren't done by machine. Um, and like if they seen that your pants were too tight, they're gonna take you, they're gonna strip you, they're gonna open them pants inside out and look at the stitch. And if they see that the stitching is not their stitching, they're taking those pants, they're gonna write you a case, they're gonna put the ugly, dirty, baggy pants. The, the worst the, ones they can find, yeah. the ones with with menstrual st stains mm, on them, like the absolute true. worst ones. That's what they're going to give you. Yep. 
And those cases usually, I don't know, at Mountain View, because they were petty central, those cases would be major because you're either destroying state property or altering state property. So um, they just, man, the microaggressions that they would have to us towards makeup and clothes was just, you know, you try to tell that to people out here and they, and they'll say to us, okay, well, what's the big deal? Well, the big deal is major cases mm -hmm. and how that affects our family. Number one, but number two, just the psychological wearing down all the time of why do you, you know, to, to make us feel dirty and wore down and ugly. It was on purpose. And it was humiliating for them to check your set the way that they did it because it was very publicly. You had to lift your shirt and show the seam. They were pulling your, your pants down a little to show. And it was just in front of everyone. And Chanel and I, we're, we're, we have some similarities in our body type in the fact that we have booties. And Dang. so we should not be wearing altered clothes we would be wearing our regular clothes and mm -hmm. get pulled over and just get and they and they just swear that they're altered and then get mad that they're yep. not yeah <laughs> but for you to put us a, a, a set on that you can't tell that I have a rear end I it would be falling off of our waist I'm sorry that we're built this way and I'm sorry you're mad about it ma'am yeah well, they, they would do it to me about sagging, right? Because my hair is short and I look masculine, even though I'm not. They would see my appearance because I did keep a clean haircut. Now, I didn't have a fade and like it was legal because you're not writing me up for anything. But they it didn't stop them from harassing me. And so all my clothes were baggy and I didn't really keep sets. Sometimes I did, but I'm like, oh, this is too much. So all of my pants sagged. And so I'd have these officers that would pat search me and grab that, like reach in. And oh, this made me so uncomfortable and mad. They'd reach inside my pants and pull them all the way up and then like make me walk back to the dorm. But I do want to share with y'all what happened to me at the laundry line in front of this long ass line of people, y'all early in the morning. And I was living my best life in the clothes that had been given to me. And I get up to the window and the boss, and I, I just reacted. I just reacted. She says, Toon, you turn around and let me see those clothes. You turn around. And I was so embarrassed. I didn't know what to do other than to just be angry and reactive. So I stretched my arm out. Marcy, I can't stretch this one out. <laughs> this shoulder. Um, but I stretched my arm out and I started twirling in a circle screaming, look at me. I'm your whore. I'm your whore. Look at me. <laughs> yes. Y'all know I'll pop off real crazy sometimes. And I just did it because it angered me so badly. She said, you get out of here. Tune, you get out of here. <laughs> because I did, I was so, you know, I didn't really do a whole lot. So when I would pop off with something really bizarre and psycho, people were just like, oh, leave her alone. <laughs> but it, that's what it made me feel like when they would do stuff like that. It would make you feel that way. Very just, it was just one more way to degrade uh, for sure. The way that they checked our clothes. And, and then I want to bring up just very quickly about going to laundry and getting a pair of pants that you didn't even know was altered. You would see people, <laughs> random people get pulled over or when they're stripping in and out from work. And now they've got this disciplinary case and they just, they just went to laundry that morning. They just genuinely didn't even have a clue. Just got caught up. Chanel, you got people caught up. <laughs> <laughs> you got all these people caught up. It's not my responsibility once it's, once it's paid for and it leave my hands. <laughs> <laughs> you, you need to take care of them pantures. They are out of my hands. Um, Look, yeah, got, but that's real. I don't need nothing else. <laughs> I want to make sure we had a question about haircuts. Um, do you still have to be on the unit for six months before you can go to the uh, inmate or offender uh, salon, whatever they want to call it uh, before? Do you have to, or I think you do. You do. And then after that, it's every three months, as long as you don't have a disciplinary case. So let's talk about hair. I've mentioned a little bit about the girls with the short hairs 
you're getting a certain type of harassment. Um, again, the obsession with sexuality and gender. Um, so I would make sure your hair had to be two finger lengths. So the hair would have to stick out past the two fingers and it couldn't be shorter and that couldn't be bald, fade or shaved or any of that. Um, and it, if it was, you're, you're getting a case. So I always, this is how they would do you too. When was last time you went to the beauty shop? Well, you can check. It was two weeks ago. It was, you know, I, because your hair would look fresh. So I would always go to the beauty shop, get my hair cut and then go back to the dorm and trim it up and do it a little bit shorter. But um, yeah, they constantly harassed people that look like this. Um, let's talk about the hair discrimination for women of color, because uh, we we had Angel here um, that was talking about the Crown Act a little bit when she was uh, we were talking legislative things, which made that illegal in the state of Texas. You could not discriminate based on people's hair texture or hairstyles. So what is that bill does not cover institutions like prisons. Um, so let's talk about it. What did that look like for the ladies? I want to say really quick that you just made such a good point. It's it's against the law now in Texas to discriminate based on hair, style, texture, any of that, unless you're in prison. It's It's just one more of those things that it's illegal unless you're in prison. All of a sudden when you're in prison, crimes can literally be committed against you. It's yeah. legalized even. Yeah. So I'll say when I first got to prison, I was one of the last people I think to buy a hair pick, a, a pick that you use for very, very curly hair, very thick hair that had a handle with wide prongs. And then they stopped, they cut that off. So they did not sell hairbrushes or any other kind of hair thing to get tangles out of your hair, except for this very fine toothed purple comb. That and comb. <laughs> yeah, that comb that people used to fade up their hair. <laughs> that was what that comb was for. Uh, that was a whole nother way of self-care. But that comb, obviously, it could barely get through. My, I have very thin, stringy hair <laughs> and it could barely get through my hair for absolute certain anybody with other than quite literally my hair type. It's not going to go. So. I'm just wondering, wondering what, I mean, it was just ridiculous to hand someone Chanel with your type of hair, that a, a little comb like that. Like it, it wasn't doing nothing over here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, and so I want to talk about that. And then I want to ask you about the lack of hair products because um, our hair is very different than my hair is very different than your hair. My needs to keep my hair maintained are very different than your needs. Yes, exactly. Like when I was incarcerated, I mainly stuck with braiding. Um braiding to scalp until they started like I guess you a little bit before I got out they started trying to stop women of color from being able to get their hair braided um every time you strip out you'll have to take your braids out because they were saying oh you can hide something in your hair um, like now I currently have dreads. I didn't have dreads in prison, um, but I, I have dreads now. So people with dreads that are incarcerated are prone to be harassed by officers, um, always wanting to check their hair or take the metal detector to their head to see if they're hiding something in their hair. Um, um. And it's just, it's, it's sad because I can have my hair in, say I'm wearing five big braids in my hair. So I'm wearing five big braids in my hair, but um, a Caucasian girl can just wear like two braids. And I'll be the one that they, hey, come over here, strip, uh, take your braids down. 
but they won't make her take hers down. Like, and see, I'm like, okay, so you assume I can hide something in my hair, but she can't. Right. Yeah, I've witnessed that absolutely firsthand, uh, especially coming in from Field Squad. That happened all the time. And I, I remember just thinking, holy cow, like, this is insane that this is just, just when we're in there, there's not much we can do, but we're out here now. So now we're ready to take action and, and yeah. fix some of that. And then you bring it to their, someone's attention in there and it's just like, and, or you say, okay, so you going to point me out to take my hair down, but you ain't going to make her, cause you know me, like I'm, I'm very outspoken and I'm going to voice what I have to say. I do not care. So <laughs> You gonna make me take my hair down, but she ain't gotta take hers down. Uh uh, no, fuck that. You know, excuse my language. That's okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. They don't mind. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, like, why? Like, what's up? What's up with all that? And, oh, so you talking back or you wanna get smart or you want a case? Like, they quick to try to throw that case out there at you, like, hey, or try to cross you out because, okay, so you're questioning me. So, uh, are you threatening me? Like that's that's that you mm. know that they love to use. Are you threatening me? So why well, I gotta be threatening you? Because I'm wondering why you're singling me out and not everybody else. Like if you're gonna do something, do it to everybody. Right. But uh, yeah, that's that's definitely something that needs to be addressed and needs to be changed. Just definitely something that we need to work on bettering in there yeah you you know because i remember seeing women get turned away from visitation right because they had micro braids and you know i remember watching the girls braid uh in the day room and they're doing the real tiny ones with the the dental flosser you know and you have to take that apart uh, one at a time and women would get turned away from visitation to go take your braids down and they essentially are going to miss their visit because all of their hair is in little braids then they tried to say, well, y'all aren't allowed to do that anymore. Okay, but she can, right? Like, what was, what, can you describe, I think it, like, would be impactful, if you don't mind, like, describing what that felt like, what that made you feel like when you were singled out like that? Like, you know, of course, like, I can see you, like, what you mean? Uh, but what did that feel like to you as a woman? when that would happen and it happened a lot um honestly i mean it just makes you feel like defeated like it makes you feel defeated it still makes you feel like okay like we're not beyond this yet like sometimes it, it it sometimes it puts you in the mind frame of like okay like we still not past this racist stuff like come on now this is it's 2020s now like we're not beyond that yet like it's discouraging um and just it's 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 discouraging it's heartbreaking well, i i mean i appreciate you sharing that because i i want people to to really hear the 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 impact it it has on you and the other women right like it's not just an unfair practice that is not in policy right? Like this is how it affects people. And um, I really do look forward to us working some way to expand the the Crown Act to cover the girls and the women of color in our carceral settings until we can get them out of there um, to make sure that they have the same protections. Uh, what about the products, right? Because I know as like Marcy's saying, combs in general, Unless you get my me and Brittany's little little short haircuts, those combs were useless, pointless. They took up all the picks. Now pick, have that pick that's ground down. You know the the one when they break the handle off and grind it down and maintenance. <laughs> that goes yes, for thirty girl. stamps, baby. Yeah. So did so did did y'all? Hey, Toonch, can yeah. I can I back up for half yes, a second? Sure okay, can. because I just want to point out that braids were an issue. Braids were, uh, I mean, people were singled out because of them. People were refused visitation. And between the three of us, we have, I have 10 years, you have 20, Toonch. Uh, Chanel's got 16. I mean, that's 
what is the math on that? 46 years of incarceration in Texas women's prisons. How many times have any of us ever seen any contraband hidden in a braid? I, you know, when me and Mandy were talking to the Sunset Commission, you know, she said, well, I'd seen a couple of times if it was like a kite and a kite is a paper note. Um, and I, you know, I thought about it later and I was like, God, I'm thinking maybe, maybe a needle. And remember, y'all, again, trying to explain to, to government officials when you hear contraband coming from a woman versus a man, contraband for men is a whole nother level. It's it's dangerous. It's all the things you see on TV. Contraband for us is that free world makeup that Peaches had. <laughs> and it was that needle that she was uh, altering them clothes, right? That Those were the things that we had for contraband. And I remember one lady, she had a needle in her braid. That's it. And, and that was like one time that I remember that in 20 years. And a sewing needle, which most prisons actually sell on commissary That's so true. that you can repair your not yep. not a weapon i'm we're right. not when we say needle we're talking about a tiny little needle meant for stitching repairs so uh yeah i don't i didn't want to just dwell on that but i just wanted to point that out that we're not hiding you know handcuff keys or whatever, right. whatever's going on in the men's units. That's, that's not happening. I never saw a handcuff key. And apparently that's fairly common, uh, for men to have, uh, that, that wasn't happening. We were, um, yeah. And ain't it, nobody worried about makeup. Right. <laughs> worried about the damn makeup. Now, Marcy did, let me tell you, Peaches, I don't know if you're watching before you came on. The eyelashes. Oh, they were great, though. I feel like we should do that. One of y'all should do Look, that for your TikTok. I said, I got to try that. I don't even see if that worked. Because <laughs> that was pretty stellar. Um, but Marcy was pretty much saying I never, you know, had to worry about buying that $15 cheap-ass makeup palette or that $9 mascara. That is not true. I had to buy that because I had women, and I, I had to come out of pocket for it. So I was mad all the time that they inflated those prices for those makeups. And I had to buy the free world makeup, you know, in the little, the little baggies, they look like drugs, but it's not, it's eye, it's eyeshadow. And that's $10 for one of those little baggies of free world eyeshadow. So I just wanted to throw that out there, Marcy, that yes, I did have to pay for all that. You were tricking off. <laughs> Tricking off in their makeup items. Okay. Okay. That Christmas present. That's correct. Birthday presents, Christmas presents. Or I'm going to have to hear that I was the only girlfriend that didn't buy her woman the makeup palette. And I'm like, damn, I don't want to put $15 into this. Can't you just use the watercolors? Hey, when Texas prisons came out with that big makeup palette, that was a game changer because we all had our contraband eyeshadow colors uh, that were pretty obvious they were contraband. But once that makeup palette came out, there were so many colors that the officers, they didn't know what we combined, what we made out of that palette. And we stopped getting pulled over a lot for eyeshadow when that palette came out. Yeah, because well, I was taking colors that I didn't use out of it and putting the free world in it. <laughs> Damn. Yes, breaking it down, patting it down in there. Yes. Carrie's asking what kind of makeup did they sell? Now, they sold the Avon mascara, and it was wet and wild for a minute, but that palette was from China. It was like Taiwan. It was like cheap, no name brand. It was no brand. So that's how cheap that makeup was. Um, there was no brand name. I felt like sometimes they were selling stuff that you would buy for like a 10-year-old girl, yeah. like my first makeup kit type what? stuff. Now for um, like a dollar and then you get to sell it for 15 Hey, but she went way back on that Wet n' Wild because they did have some Wet n' Wild brands. Uh they did, and they had some elf brands because every hey. now and then some good deal would come up. And, and they would cycle through. Y'all, uh, back in the day, we did have, ooh, fancy Revlon. We did. 
We did. And they were expensive. Mm -hmm. That's money I can't get back. <laughs> but I do want to talk about like the hair products though, because <laughs> hair products in general, like shampoo, we had the cheap shampoo, the Amerifresh. Okay. That's a dollar. Then you had some suave. I think they have like white rain now, but the real cheap stuff that y'all, y'all know I still buy that at HEB because it's only 99 cents, right? And I don't have to do much with my hair, but I know for y'all's hair that y'all did more with your hair and, and it, it you needed more care. Piss poor shampoo. We, as women, we got poor hygiene products to begin with, right? We had men's deodorant. So I'm wondering what, what do you do when you don't have the hair products you need to take care of your, your hair? Um, you just go without. <laughs> like we literally just had to go without, um, being a woman of color, like the only options that we really had, like we had blue magic hair grease, the cub that made our way up. <laughs> <laughs> We had blue magic hair grease and why you didn't get her to do it downstairs? <laughs> I can't open this cup. I already know. I already know. I remember that uh blue magic that blue magic hair grease was like petroleum jelly. Right? It was that same no, the blue magic hair grease is like it's like a thick. I think the blue magic came in like a big container, and um, it was either blue or green. I can't remember the day. I think they might have had both, but um, I think it was like five dollars. Golly! And and what did the what did it do? Um, the it's it's mainly conditioner. It's uh -huh. like a, for our hair. It's like conditioner it's considered like a conditioner for our hair but it's to keep our hair from drying out i'm sorry <laughs> this is the baby hour tonight uh, <laughs> this is the baby showed up tonight because he was supposed to be asleep uh, okay you can get out <laughs> She said, Elsa, you can just get out. <laughs> I was thinking about if you didn't if you didn't have any way your hair would dry it dry out, it would be have breakage. It would yeah, break. Def definitely it does. And I think I think all women of colors if you yeah your hair is breaking regardless just even from like i think everybody's hair it's like breaks because of for one the water like the yeah the what whatever is in the water out there is horrible yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that is gonna break but with our hair like being that we we didn't have access to the things that we needed for our hair, um, the different things like yes we have shampoo but we don't have the right type of shampoo for our hair. Like it's like watered down. Whatever it was, it was watered down. It, it didn't really clean your hair good. Um, it didn't moisturize and condition it. Like it just was horrible products. Did had no results um they will offer perms and of course perms led to like they have a lawsuit out now for relaxers causing cancer but they were giving them giving them out once every three months if you didn't have a case or whenever they got them on a truck um and it was yeah. hard to get and that was perms. that was a it was a privilege to get your hair get a relaxer it's a privilege even though they didn't offer you anything to take care of your hair mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. insane it was i remember 
just the feeling or just the way that any uh, women of any color, all colors coming back. Uh, Lane Murray, our, our hair salon wasn't always open. It wasn't often open. And then the guidelines to be able to qualify to get there were pretty strict. Like no, you couldn't even have a minor infraction, which you could get a minor infraction for accidentally waving at your friend. Like it's, I mean, right. So But when you saw those women coming back into the dorm from the salon where they had just that little bit of care, man, they were, they were rock stars. Mm -hmm. They were very happy. And I, (laughs) the baby's, the baby's giving Marcy the blues now. Um, Well, I guess Taylor, do you want to come on? (laughs) Uh, That's the only baby I have. Um, And she might, she'll come over here and and she'll want to be held um but you know i'm thinking about the beauty shop right like first of all those perms yes i saw the thing about oh great now this leads to cancer the same way everybody that's put all that baby powder on mm-hmm. that leads to cancer uh and they sold that in abundance but you know the perms when i worked commissary and this seemed to be the case throughout my time was it was so hard like we would get literally eight perms on the truck that's it and so you had like the blue slips for the whole unit. And those are those special slips that you'd have to get approval of to purchase this. You'd have to have no cases. They'd have to approve it. Um, and then you would have to have no cases to go to the salon to get it put on. Um, but I, I do want to say, though, Marcy's right. Like y'all are right. When when we would go, don't get mad. But Mountain View did have a good beauty shop in command because it was right by the command office. So they could supervise them. So we had a worker and it was open all the time. Um, and people would go for their appointments or whatever, but it was like a beauty shop, like in the world, like they would let us decorate it or whatever. And we, Marie, hopefully maybe Marie will come on one day. And she used to do my hair for years and we just chop it up and laugh and have a good time. And then, you know, it, it was like you got to be free for a little while, you know, and um, it was just unfortunate that that we didn't get that. Well, now I think they do because they have the cosmetology uh, school at Mountain View. And so that's a big thing there. Um, but it, it, it did make a difference. And um, I'm just sorry that that we didn't, you know, and, and all our unique needs were not met, you know, whether it be. Um, whatever hygiene product it was, whether it was tampons or it was the appropriate condition for hair textures, we did not matter as women and our needs did not matter. You know, it just didn't. For a long time, we didn't even have multi tampons. We could get eight super tampons. And it's like trying to tell male staff, like we need different sizes of tampons. I remember the the guy over the um, warehouse was like, I don't understand why these, we got these as a contract because they're the super ones. <laughs> yeah, there's different sizes for a reason because the flow changes. He was like, oh, <laughs> right? here's your, here's your, your multi-pack that what, how much was that thing? That was like 15 bucks. It was expensive. That big multi yeah, of- you had to you had to if you didn't have an abundance of money coming in you had to hustle your little life away you were washing a lot of uniforms <laughs> to get that box of tampons that was serious i jerry is in the comments she's watching with us tonight and um jerry did over 30 years in the system she said when they started they had spray perfume when she started her time and nail polish and then she went on to comment and said when they took those away which meant that somebody said hey not only are we going to stop selling them we have to collect all mm-hmm. that are out. All mm-hmm. of a sudden, something you purchased with your money on commissary turned into contraband. You didn't do anything to it. <laughs> they just decided you couldn't have it anymore. And so she said the officers were taking them home. So she, Jerry, and I just see her doing this. She dumped her nail polish upside down in the trash can so it would just drain out. And she said she sprayed all of the perfume <laughs> out of the bottle. So, yeah. Hey, let me ask y'all. Did y'all ever see anybody take 
contraband perfume, you know, because people would get that in too. And it usually was Those the little, little sample things. But yeah. you buy the perfume lotion from commissary and you put that perfume in the perfume lotion and they... That was the way to hide it. They couldn't really tell. They would try too. They would be like, no, this smells stronger than that CK perfumed lotion. And then I think they finally stopped selling it because they got hip to us putting real perfume in it. We weren't setting fires with it. We wanted to smell nice. My first visit, my real first real visit, keep in mind my, my youngest daughter's dad, he had done time also. And so... He knew, he, you know, it was probably a little bit traumatic, honestly, for him to come up the first several visits. So he brings my girls. I was in the, in my county jail. Once you signed for your time, they transferred you to another county until TDCJ picked you up. And at that county, they had contact visits. So I'm in county and they sell flavored, not flavored, scented shampoo and conditioner sets. And it's the cheap suave. It's, it's the cheap stuff. It's not a lot. I probably gave $8 for it, but it was suave, the small bottle of suave. Anyways, I remember washing my uniform in that shampoo, trying to smell nice. And then I took that conditioner and I used it like lotion and just rubbed it all over me trying to smell not like jail. And anyways, we get to the visit and the little girls are, they're cute as they can be. He's got a matching little pearl snaps and cowboy boots. And it was the first time that I saw my youngest daughter walk. And I, I, it was just this moment and Annabelle ran to me, the, she was two and she ran to me and then Lily kind of toddled to me. And then he came and he put his arms around me and this big old bear hug and he said god you smell like jail <laughs> the very first words out of his mouth and I felt like I had done all of this stuff not god. to have that prison smell or jail smell you just can't wash it away I, I want to ask y'all I'll start with peaches did you collect perfume samples out of magazines did you collect them in abundance to sell them or were they just for you? No. Well, you said you sold them. <laughs> she was a hustler, baby. <laughs> Put it out in magazines just to get them and sell them. That's right. So. <laughs> they were at Mountain View. First, we have a question. Jennifer's asking, do the ladies at Mountain View in the cosmetology program actually get a cosmetology license like the real deal yes the, those who qualify yes because some of the eligibility go ahead they're supposed to have one before they come to prison to be able to work in the beauty shop oh for the beauty shop yeah um you have to already have a, a license but the uh cosmetology uh class if if you are not barred by your offense um, to get the license, you yes, you become a licensed cosmetologist, and then you can go work as the incarcerated beauty shop or officer. Um, I mean, and let me tell you, they utilize that school. I heard them. They're like, oh, we go get our hair done all the time. And I'm like, on one hand, I'm glad the girls got a vocational they really asked for. They really worked hard to get that vocational. Um, but at the same time, I'm like, yeah, I don't know. It feels icky for all the staff to go get their hair done for free all the time. But that's I just me. I used to me. think that, <laughs> that at Plain State, they had a, a, a shop where officers could get their, I don't remember if it was at Plain State or it must have been. But I remember when I got there, she's like, yeah, they, they classified me as G1. And I said, why? Because everybody else came in as G2 that we came in with. And I was new to the system and didn't know. She said, well, they said they, they want me to cut hair in the officer's uh, salon. And I was like, what? <laughs> You're going to cut their hair? I would be so frightened. Some of those officers, the way they talk to people, to have someone with a pair of scissors over their head. I'm just saying, I don't know. Chanel and I would have been cutting people bald. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> we'd have been, we'd have been in a uh, solitary confinement forever. Forever. Now, if they know you getting in their hair, they're going to be nice. They're going to be real nice. That is true. Right. <laughs> like, 
Um, well, you know, we had a, um, a person that worked, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, y'all. However, uh, this lady did over 30 years. She continued to get parole denials over and over for 30 years. She worked in the officer's beauty shop. And um, she was also a peer educator. And they, the way they wore this woman out about hair appointments, they would come get her out of her sleep. She never had a day off. Like they were, I mean, wore her out. And she says, I feel like they're keeping me here behind this job. And I, you know, I thought, well, maybe she's getting a little paranoid because she's been here a long time. But then I started thinking, I've, I'm kind of worried maybe this is true. So she finally, was able, she goes, I'm going to do something drastic and got moved to hobby. And that was a big culture shock for her. She'd only been at Mountain View. And that is a different decision-making. And do you know she got an FI1? And it's like, I don't put it past them because the way they misused her in that job um, was just appalling. It was appalling. Now, the and, rest of us were kind of scared because she did wield some some power. Um, thank God she was a good friend of ours, but she did because the she did the officer's hair. Those are the those are the ladies that you want to be friends with. Yeah. <laughs> because if she goes to work and tells how you put Vaseline on your cubicle wall because you didn't want her touching it, they're coming for you. <laughs> hey, Peaches, did Marcy put Vaseline on her walls? To keep people from leaning over on them. I don't remember. She probably did. No, she did. did not. She did. You had hey, it in your doorway too, huh? I did have it in my doorway. Girl, get you, out of there here. There were there was an officer that when she worked, she would come and just stand. Oh man, I can't I can't even put her face to it. I just see the uniform. So but she would stand at your wall with her hands on your wall and just look at you for, for a minute. And it was, it was disheartening. It was frightening. And she did it to everyone. Like it wasn't just that she was harassing me, uh, but girl, move on. You see me, I'm fine. I'm safe. Everything's secure here. Security. You don't need to stand here and intimidate me or Wait a minute. size up I my cubicle. Honey, I love this story, but I want to circle back to what Peaches said. That you put Vaseline in your doorway? Yeah, you didn't For what? You have to do that to keep the dust from coming in. <laughs> it catch no. all the dust, dirt, hair. We never did that. We just they let us lay down our cell towels. Oh, see, that was against the rules because we were in real prison. <laughs> <laughs> well, honey, I also lived with a lot of, a lot of mentally, mental health unstable. So I had my struggles. Okay. But, but, but I didn't have to put Vaseline on my floor. You were in prison also. I shouldn't have said that. I apologize for saying <sighs> that. You just weren't in at Lane Murray and, and we weren't at hobby. There's, you know, so it could, I have was been... at Lane Murray when I was a child though. So that That's was true. a whole level of terror. That's true. Well, we did put that Vaseline there. We had to do it because we couldn't have a cell towel there, honey. We had to have something <laughs> invisible. Can I and... ask something? Hold on a sure. second. Cause we're running out of time and I hate to interrupt you. We're over. And, and over, I'm going to pay for it later. But now that we have Peaches here who knows you and knew you in prison in ways I didn't, and we have our community, I want to know, Peaches, <laughs> was Marcy mean? Was she scary? Was she, is she a lot different than she is now? Or was she like, I mean, I've heard the stories and I can see it when it comes out sometimes. I'm like, oof. But was, yeah. See, TikTok uh, and YouTube, y'all get the, hey, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> this is what y'all get. But in prison, she about life. She was about that life. She going to get out there. She going to get out there. We ain't lose the drugs. going to get out there. Fuck you and everybody. <laughs> they come to her. Oh, don't let it come down the bridge either. It's going down. Y'all, don't let her fool you. Don't. <laughs> 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 oh, 
<laughs> she done she done made some more she done made some positive changes though. <laughs> Proud of her. Well, Thank and I, I'll ask the same thing of, of Marcy. So, you know, I I see I see peaches and I, I she's about that life and about that business, right? Like I'm not mm -mm, I'm not gonna cross her, right? But how different is Peaches now than she was on the inside? The only she her personality wise and the way that she will go to bat for people she cares about. That was her personality in the penitentiary. She was a leader in there and she was a defender of what she felt was right, which is not always helpful in prison. It can get you in a jam. Uh, the only difference, she's grown a lot with um, her decision making. You know, I think that especially probably because the lion cub uh, helps with that, but uh, she will, even when she feels now, when she feels passionate about something, I think that there's a little bit more of a thought process um, in prison. I think she was a little more quick to jump and, and now she <laughs> Uh, you st still not someone that you want to mess with. And she is <laughs> definitely still a force to be reckoned with. And she was that same way in prison for sure. Yeah, I, I definitely see that fierceness. And, um, you know, I, I think it's interesting. It's like prison. I kind of think of it as like our alter egos of like, we're still us and our personalities still shine through, but there is this, alter ego that will it'll come out right like and a lot of times people are saying oh i can't i can't imagine that you were like that or that happened and and like the people i did time with they're like oh girl <laughs> like what <laughs> yes ma'am uh, so i'm just always curious to hear um how we've grown and how we've changed and you know remembering those alter egos are always fun too well, we, we had to fit in and we had to survive in our surroundings. And so a lot of things changed with that. But my, my mom is listening. So um, thanks for bringing this up, Toonch. I You're will welcome. remember this. You're welcome. <laughs> no. Y'all. Come on up to a mama. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and actually, y'all can't tell that woman anything that she doesn't already know about me. So honestly, um, guys. Marcy, we, we're, Marcy yeah. though, I know we're at the end, but. Well, I want to remind everybody that I want to tell, I want, I want to tell the story about the lady that, I mean, we know her out here and we'll just let it be a mystery, but who told you when you asked her, did you snitch on us? And she said, Marcy Marie Simmons, I sure did. I sure did. And Marcy did not take well to that because it was directed at all of y'all, I believe when y'all were in cell block and um, it's a fun story. It's a good story. And um, it's just, it, it, you know, it, it has your alter ego in it, but I do see that fierceness in you um, when it comes to protecting your friends. And so I would love to, Oh, the baby is crying. He's done with the podcast. <laughs> He's screaming guys. <laughs> okay well marcy i'll close it up then um look i got nervous the baby's crying i don't know what to do because i don't i i don't i think the only child that has ever been responding to me in a loving beautiful way has been the cub she's so precious and sweet to me i'm like my god she must see something special in me uh so you guys thank you for joining us i hope this was informative i hope that you learned something new and, and different. Um, and yeah, I guess meet us here. Thank you peaches for joining and hanging out and, um, telling us all your insight and all your experience. So we'll see you guys next week. Love y'all like comment, share all the good stuff. Thank you for hanging in there with this little guy and I'll make sure our child care doesn't fall through <laughs> for next week. And we'll see y'all then. Uh, <laughs> Bye. Thank y'all for hanging out with us on the Rec Yard Women's Prison Podcast with Marcy Marie and Tunti. Make sure and subscribe to our